Okay, hey, hey everyone, it's Game Source Podcast, episode number 31. Big, big group here today. I've uh, got Mr. Chris. What's up, world? I've got Mr. Jamie. How's it going, everybody? I've got Mr. Corey. Hello, hello. And Mr. Jeremiah. Yellow. All right, and uh, I just wanted to say it's great to be back on the air. Uh, once again, our website is www.yourgamesource.com. Uh, the leader in everything video games. We're getting all set, all prep for E3. We're all excited, getting the travel plans down and everything taken care of, uh, getting all the uh, information uh, that we need to get to make sure that we provide you with the best coverage. Uh, Jamie, aren't you getting uh, lining up those, up some interviews uh, once we're there in Los Angeles? I am. As of right now, I know for sure we have an interview with. Oh, remind me if I'm wrong, Gerald. We have an interview with um, Zen Studios. Okay. And they've got a little thing to share with everybody um i'm sure almost everybody's heard about it by now but if not you will when you hear it from us they've got a game coming out called Kickbeat, and we're gonna sit on on that and get you guys a first look that's great among uh, the all the other things that we're going to be covering but i just wanted to also mention that we have a surprise guest on the show today yes i am so excited she is back with us back on the team she is back in the command center. It is Sam. What is up, Game Source? Seven Valkyrie has returned to the command center. I feel like all the Justice League and Adventures are now combined, and we can now do battle against the forces <laughs> of evil. How are you, Sam? I'm doing so much better now that I am back on board, and I'm excited to keep moving forward. Absolutely. That's great. In case you missed it, uh, is coming back and coming back with a vengeance. Isn't that right, Sam? Wanting to make it a really big part of the site. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. It's great to have you again as part of the team. Um, I just want to welcome, uh, welcome you back. And uh, I think now, as it were, we will get to the Game Source news. And I guess the, the big story of the week um, that I know Jeremiah and... and and Corey and Chris too, the Diablo three with the combined five million copies that were sold. Current number of Diablo three owners is six point three million. That's right, six point three million. It is probably the fastest selling PC game of its kind ever. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's just great news for uh, Blizzard, Activision. Parent, you know, the, and their parent company, the Vendi Group. Um, I, what I want to ask is, with even with all the great games coming out later this year, do you think it's still going to be at the, when all the dust is settled and everything's take uh, all the sales are taken account, accounted for for 2012? Do you think it will reign supreme as the biggest selling title of 2012? Sam, since you're back with us, I give it to you first. Of 2012, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say because there's a lot of stuff coming out towards the end of the year. I think right now it's kind of got the reins because it, we're in a bit of a, in a bit of a slump. But um, next year, I mean, I know this is part of the next uh, segment, but later this year we've got not only Black Ops 2 
but also Halo 4. I've got some commentary on that, but I think I can wait a little bit on that. But, um, yeah, Diablo, it's a game 12 years in the making. Everybody's been waiting for it for many, many years, and I'm really excited to see it went so well. But I don't think that it's going to be the biggest game in 2012. Okay, fair enough. Jeremiah, as a hardcore Diablo fan, what are your thoughts? The only one that I would say would be uh, close to it would be the Black Ops 2, um, because that one's multi-platform and whatnot. I don't think Halo, with it only being obviously on 360, would be uh, quite as heavy selling. Corey? I I feel that it, it does definitely have a big chance at it, I would say. Um Oh yeah, six. That's that's like within the first two weeks that it's been out, you know. But like like how previously mentioned, Black Ops Two is it's it has its fanboys and fanboys are definitely going to be buying it. So just closing up with, I definitely think that it does have a a strong chance of being one of the best selling games of the year. Jamie, my question to you is because you are more of a console player from from my knowledge with you. Could this game or should this game have gone console platform in order to be the biggest seller to, of 2012? I think it was a possibility. I know that the um, the idea was there, and I know it was an exciting thought. Um, I really do think, regardless, it is a very big contender. It does have a lot of competition coming up this fall that may, you know, be the deciding factor as of its holding the reins right now, but it will probably drop when all those come out. Now, Chris, you work in that retail industry as far as it's concerned. You've seen firsthand the sales of Diablo flying out the door. How long do you think it's going to continue, and do you think it's going to be the biggest seller of 2012? Well, the biggest seller? Uh, I really can't say it's going to be the biggest seller. As much as I want to put faith into this, I, I don't know if Diablo can can outbeat these other games because like I've seen games literally fly off the shelf and people fight for them, but never, uh, I mean, never in the middle of the year, usually it is during the holiday season. And that's when big games decide to come out. I think the timing on this was fine for the game. However, it's not going to get any better than it's already sold. Uh, the 6 million. Well, let me ask a question. Do you think it should have come out during the holiday season? I would have competed more against Call of Duty. Uh, I can give you that. It probably would have either converted some of the Call of Duty players down to uh, just pick up Diablo. But then again, it could have hurt itself uh, by being so close to a big name like that. Um, However, in all honesty, I think during the holiday season, anything sells better. Uh, I, I just think that being the number one seller this year, it, it's not going to reach it. I, it can be in the top three. I can give you that for sure. Um, but it's just Call of Duty has been out for so long. and Or I mean the name has been out for so long. that people are just going to pick up the new one because it says Call of Duty. In it. And with each other one selling tens of millions, I, I'm pretty sure that that's going to be the big seller this year. But Diablo is going to be in close second or third uh, for sure especially since it still has a good seven months to go. Could be, like you said, in the top three, probably finishing somewhere around the 10 million mark in sales myself. And with no Battlefield or Skyrim um, really on the horizon that I can see, 
Um, I think it just would be Call of Duty or Diablo uh, finishing out as one, two, with maybe FIFA World Soad sales maybe sliding in there, maybe. But, maybe. Uh, and are you I, saying Halo will have no chance in the top three? Well, I know, Sam, you were saying that that you thought that might be the case. Is that correct? Yeah, well, I, I absolutely, I absolutely think that Halo is going to be. I'm, I'm, I'm calling my top two Black Ops or Halo, but. Well, because Halo is only a single console, kind of like, kind of like Diablo. Uh, I mean, like with with Halo specifically, I mean, there hasn't been uh, too many, you know, really good standout 360 exclusives lately. So I think a lot of 360 owners have been kind of waiting for something to jump on, you know, like what Halo. I find really interesting is I was actually recently listening to some of our old podcasts from last year, and the last one I listened to was our Gears of War one, and it was this exact same conversation. It was, you, we've got Modern Warfare 3 coming out, and then we've got Gears of War coming out, and so we have this, you know, Call of Duty monster Goliath that comes out on multiple consoles, and then we've got Halo, or Halo slash Gears, coming out exclusively to the Xbox. And the prediction we made then was that Gears would outsell uh, Call of Duty on, as mentioned, since Call of Duty is on multiple consoles, it's going to have more numbers. So I just thought that was an interesting way for me to come back to the show is uh, kind of mirroring and paralleling <laughs> a, a podcast we did about about a year ago. Yeah, and I was checking the, uh, the the sales of Gears of War three. Currently, it stands right around five and a half million. Um, in worldwide sales, uh, so that was a very strong title f- uh, for them. Although actually, it is Gears of War Two actually still is, has sold more than Gears of War Three. That's the that's first you know. Just well, with it being there. out for a year and a half now. That's true. That's true. That's true. And uh, you know when it's packaged in many other different iterations uh, for for retail sale, that that has prolonged the life of Gear, uh, Gears of War Two. Absolutely. All right, guys. Um, on to the next topic, which is oh my goodness, this has been a big mess. I'll tell you why. Um, Thirty eight studios based out of Rhode Island uh, today um, laid off all of its employees uh, amidst at least two three weeks of problems regarding uh, not being able to find private funding, or pay back its loans that they received from the state of Rhode Island. And there's been a heated battle between Kurt Schilling, the owner of 38 Studios, and the governor of Rhode Island. But what I want to say is, do you think that 38 Studios deserved its fate, seeing how Kingdoms of Amalur was the only game that it ever produced? Uh, Jamie, I'll start with you. Mm. <laughs> do I think it'll continue to see... I really... I mean, how can you continue to see anything, any light at the end of any tunnel when you have no employees? Well, there was a title, Project Copernicus, an MMO, free-to-play MMO that they were currently constructing. But it, I just, do you think it deserved or, or a better shot as far as it's concerned? Were you uh, happy enough with King's Novel or that, that made you say, do you want more in the series? Jeremiah? Well, I think it was a pretty good game. I mean, it's uh, it's unfortunate for studios to take that kind of leap and, you know, fall flat on their face, basically. But, I mean, that's just kind of the risk you take for, you know, a newer company. I would not have said an MMO would have been the next thing to go with because, I mean, that's a mammoth. And there's so many out right now, right? So 
And yeah, well, developed. I mean, like, the Star Wars, they poured so much money into that game. And, I mean, it's, you know, it's it's not a bad MMO, but it's just, you know, it's still, it's losing, you know, subscribers already. And it's, you know, not even been out that long. Well, that's something I wanted to talk about with you, Sam. Um, regarding the Star Wars MMO, um, we mentioned in a previous podcast that they were losing 400,000 subscribers. What do you attribute that to? Um, honestly, I, I regrettably inform you that I am one of those people. I just have not had time to play it, so I'm one who have kind of slumped off. Um, if I had to attribute it to something... I don't, I don't know. Like, like after playing it for a good amount of time, one of the things that I did notice is a lot of it gets repetitive, and a lot of it, like a lot of the starting zones, because um, there's only four classes on each side. Um, a lot of the starting zones are the same. So when you have to start out and do the same thing that you just did, that's kind of a bummer. Like I know I had a bounty hunter, and then I played that for a while, and then I started an imperial agent, and the starting zones the same. So I was just like, okay, well, I just did this. So I know that's kind of a bummer. I know once you hit 50, uh, that's kind of the cap right now. So I know there's a lot of stuff you can do, but it's not, I don't think it's, at least in uh, comparison to WoW, because that's really the best thing to compare it to, is, I mean, once you hit the cap and WoW, there's that's when the game starts. Once you hit that high level, like, you just started. But I don't think that Old Republic has been out long enough and it hasn't been developed enough for it to really have as much content afterwards. And once they can bring in a little bit more money for it, they can, you know, of course, expand upon that and release expansions and stuff like that. But I think at the moment, it just kind of, it's, I mean, it doesn't take that long to get to 50. It takes, I've noticed leveling in Taurus takes longer than WoW, but still, 50 is still not that high. And I think people are just kind of, they've done what is there to do. So they're just kind of like, I think if an expansion is announced and released, I think that'll definitely bring in a bunch more people, or at least the people who stopped playing before and have all these level 50 characters that they can now increase to the new level cap or new races, new classes to play. I just think, you know, it's been out for six-ish, six, five, six months, and people have just done what there is. So if I had to attribute it to anything, I'd say people just ran out of stuff to do. Yeah, yeah. Now, Corey... No, that's a good point, Sam, and I, I really want to make sure that that, that comes across because, you know, all the issues that the buyer was having as far as it's concerned, trying to retain customers. Do you see an expansion pack coming sooner rather than later? I think I like I think that that is by, that is their kind of thing right now is do we, you know, take time to develop a an expansion pack and really make sure it's good like they did with the game itself, or are they going to kind of cut it and then just ship it out to try to get more people on board i think i don't have an answer for it and i'm i'm really worried because part of me thinks they're just going to be like you know what we have something here we gotta keep ourselves from sinking if we don't release this we're going to keep losing people if we wait too long we're not going to get them back so i think from a business standpoint i think it they should release it sooner than later to try to you know keep their ship from sinking but i don't think it'll be the finished product they had quite expected when they first started on working on this expansion. I agree with you. Myware has not had the greatest year. I can say that for sure. Uh, Corey, you were actually the one who reviewed Kingdoms of Amalur for Game Source. 
You yes, actually reviewed it for Game, game Source and you gave it an outstanding score. Mm-hmm. Do you think that a game like this, the company, the, the studio behind it, do you think it deserved its fate as far as it's concerned? Um, and do you see maybe the King of Zama Lord name being sold off to someone else and being re, you know used in a different fashion or in another iteration with another company? I, I, I love the game. The game was phenomenal. And it really, really sucks to see this happening to <clears throat> to the gaming company and everything like that. But, like, I don't know. I, I really wish that it wouldn't happen. But, you know, stuff happens, and it really sucks. I did want to get in, Chris, real quick, because you were there with Corey selling the game. Um, although it was a period, it did, did finish fourth in the NPD the month it came out. But the problem is, the month it came out, it was 32% down in sales as a whole, video games as a whole, compared to 2011. Uh, when you were there, did you see the kind of consistent feedback on the game, or was it one of those games where it was been done? It seems more. It seems more like it was just a, a release thing. Um, I honestly didn't see the, the value into the game except for the fact that it was Star Wars and it hit everyone was Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars. Um, and oh, I meant I meant Kingdoms of Amalur. Oh my bad, sorry. Oh shoot, the Kingdom we're of gonna Am- go back into the, We're gonna go back into the Swotor podcast. I honestly, it seemed like it had the hype of just uh, people that had played it and told their friends. Um, if you remember, Dead Island had that same kind of effect where it just came out, all their friends heard about it, and it just kind of boosted then. But well, That um, was based off a video. That was based off an excellently and, uh, produced that video. That trailer, that's like the best trailer. It showed no gameplay or what the game was about at all, but it yeah. was a phenomenally made trailer. And that yeah. one we're going to have to put up on our on our video theaters page because we're starting to put some of our old favorites, so we're probably going to have to add that one very soon. But Chris... Did you think Kingdoms of Amalur was going to be a game that was going to have some legs and some long-term value? Honestly, no. It's, I mean, I could have seen maybe a second one coming out or something, but it, uh, it didn't seem like it had any big replay value or continuation to the story. Um, I mean, not like other other games like it, like Fable or Skyrim or anything like that. It seems that it was a. Uh, as far as like games that had come out around it, um, it didn't have any uh, value to it. it. It wasn't a big name game. They had a couple little trailers to it. Uh, they just didn't uh, advertise it as much. So I think that the game was was kind of doomed from the beginning. It did have some good sales from the from the start, and it, it was all right. And people thought it was fun. However, it didn't have that like finish and then keep playing or keep going or make another one to finish off what's going on in the story. It was kind of dead. They kind of just made it to actually end, which is not what a game is supposed to happen. Uh, you, you want to make a game to finish and finish open. So that way people want to know what happens next and they go buy another one. That's true. And they did have a DLC for it, which actually was rated pretty highly. Oh yeah, well we had a lot of people come in and actually order that that DLC from our uh, from stores, and it wasn't bad, from what I've heard. I'd never got to play it, but it did sell pretty well, from what I know. Almost, uh, I mean, I'd give it almost like thirty percent or forty percent of the people that actually bought the game came back to get that DLC. 
Well, uh, it, only time will tell if, if 38 Studios and big, huge games will actually come back to us um, in some form or fashion. Uh, maybe we'll know more when we go to E3, but uh, the, the prospects are looking grim right now. And uh, my condolences out there to everybody that just got their themselves uh, laid off in Rhode Island. And uh, our thoughts are with you from GameSource, and hopefully you guys can rebound and get back on your feet and making some great games. Judge David Shaw has recommended against the continued sale of the Xbox 360 in the United States, according to various news reports. Should Microsoft be deemed in, in, in infringement of existing patents, it would threaten the possibility of selling consoles using that technology. Now, currently, Xbox 360s have been banned in Germany, along with Windows 7, and a potential halt to U.S. sales could come if another ruling is made as early as August. Now, I will start. Is Corey up? Corey is not ready. Okay. I am. I am ready. Okay. Now, Corey, I will start with you because I interrupted you twice earlier. And I feel <laughs> like been, you've given me the keys, and I feel like I'm going to go on a guilt trip now. Now, Corey, are you worried for Microsoft that this may actually come to fruition and you will not be able to sell Xbox 360 to your customers this holiday season? I am not scared at all. Like I've been, I've been kind of watching it a little bit since I read about it, and um, by the looks of it, like like Microsoft's not worried about it. It's just like um, like Motorola is just pretty much going back on what they said as far as their patents by the looks of it, um, and like once it once it actually goes to the courts, it looks like it's just gonna they're just gonna let Microsoft continue so. Personally, I'm not worried. Jeremiah. Well, I mean, obviously, the similar kind of thing happened with the uh, PS3 and the dual you know, technology such. And they weren't able to put it out for a while. Well, yeah, like, uh, basically, I mean, I, I think if there is a problem, um, they'll, you know, be able to settle it in some way. I mean, Microsoft's got, you know, plenty of money to throw around. They can, uh, you know, fix that up pretty easily cash is the almighty equalizer jamie what do you think you'll be able to go out and this christmas buy wonderful 360 slim to add to your collection i do i i don't think it's going to get banned um as you know it's already been touched on money is the universal language i do think this is going to get settled maybe not quietly but it's going to get settled just the same um i really don't think it's in any kind of jeopardy out here but I guess time will tell. Now, Chris, you work with Corey. Now, he that is correct. He is very convinced that there is going to be plenty of Xbox 360s to sell, and that eventually something will come out where it's going to be okay to still continue to sell them. Do you feel the same way, or do, are you kind of concerned? Um, I well, what's Corey's stance on this, Corey? So you better not disagree with me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I kind of want to find out. Or we'll, or we'll hear it about in your next podcast. Well, yeah. that's what I want to find out. Or Xcast or whatever it is. <laughs> All right. Well, Corey, it, you, you think that there's going to be plenty enough for Xbox to thrive, don't you? I, I don't think that they're going to be shut off. That's that's what I'm saying. Uh, okay. Um I think that they have enough to, to settle themselves for the rest of its lifespan, but uh, who knows how long that is actually going to be. I, I figure that they've still got a few years on them, 
until something until, goes wrong. Until the Xbox 720, which you says doesn't exist, comes out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Xbox 720 that is not going to be made for a while is what I should what I want to clarify. Um, but yeah, they they do have enough. I mean, Halo is just coming out. Uh, Call of Duty is going to support whatever consoles out in this world. They'll probably put some stuff out for the Wii U even. But um, I think like big games like Halo and Fable, Gears of War, Forza, uh, and a couple other games, as well as just any game by big producers like BioWare, EA, um, they're just going to keep putting out games for whatever's out. And call, or my bad, uh, Xbox uh, is going to be fine. I mean. Whether it's a lawsuit or whether it's a uh, a hacking, they're gonna still stay strong for a while. Now, Sam, you're a hardcore gamer, and you know a lot of hardcore gamers like yourself. So, having a 360 shouldn't be an issue, unless they, you know, blows up or whatnot, or three red lights of death or what have you. But at this point in the life cycle, I think we're Microsoft's now going to be selling to casual people, uh, casual players and also people who are on a limited budget. Do you think there's going to be uh, an issue about 360s being sold later this year? Um, I, I read some of the articles, and I've, you know, I've been trying to keep up with it. The only thing I can think about, like, this is just dominating my mind, is what would happen if they couldn't sell them anymore, and what would happen to the game market? And I just think, like, I know a lot of people have them already, but, you know, Xboxes are more or less notorious for... Like you said, breaking down, bring to death, all that kind of crap. But, you know, just the idea of there being, I mean, obviously people still have them, but not being able to move forward and not being able to bring in those new people. I know, you know, sales have been declining, but I believe that it's still selling the best out of all three consoles. I mean, I know we're talking about like, if this would never happen, it would never. Domestically, it is. Internationally, PS3 is selling better. Okay. So here, and but the with the lawsuit, I believe it's they can't sell them in Germany, but it is the biggest place. I, I would assume at least is the biggest place where Xboxes are being sold. I mean, I just I know it's a long shot for it to happen, but what kind of just huge paradigm shift there would be if Microsoft was no longer allowed to distribute Xboxes? And I think that that's terrifying to me. I, I I agree with you. Uh, I mean, even though it seems like it's a long shot, I think it's still something that Microsoft still needs to be concerned about. Now, even if uh, a ruling does go against Microsoft in August, uh, say, um, ultimately, I believe from what I've been reading up, the president himself still has the authority to say yay or nay if he wants to step into this. So um, obviously, you know, the, the type of sales it generates and the type of income that the, that the Microsoft 360 still does and could potentially do this holiday season to let go of that kind of money, I think would be a not-so-wise choice. Um, that's it for the news. Uh, when we come back after the break, we're going to be doing our reviews. Um, we got Dragon's Dogma, Sorcery, and Ghost Recon Future Soldier on the way at, right after the break.
Okay, we're back, everyone, to Game Source Podcast number 31, and it's review time. Review time. All right. Um, first on the dock, and I want to say Dragon's Dogma, uh, Patty's going to be giving out the score and written review uh, for Dragon's Dogma, but I just wanted to get Jamie's initial thoughts on the game um, so you can at least let, let, let you guys know whether or not something you might be interested in buying or renting or not purchasing at all. Uh, Jamie, do you have some initial thoughts on Dragon's Dogma? I do. My initial thoughts on that are definitely try it. Um, if you don't, I've been asked a couple of times by friends of mine, should I spend the sixty dollars on it? I can't. I hate to be the one to tell someone, yeah, spend sixty dollars, so they come back at me and go, man, I wasted. I spent money on it. I like it. I've been waiting for it since you know before it was fully announced. Because it was just one of those sleeper titles that I think everybody wasn't giving enough credit to. Honestly, I play the demo, give it a chance. I think you'll be surprised. I still think my issue with the game is that even though it has four characters total as far as heroes that you're with together, I think it should have been an online uh, co-op deal where it should have been four players going to battle. Uh, Do you see that that could have something that should have been added in there? I do agree with you. Uh, just uh, something that should have been, uh, um, I don't know, better executed as far as that end. But Patty will have the, the review for us in detail uh, on her site at yourgamesource.com. Corey, Jeremiah, Sam, did you have any thoughts on Dragon's Dama? Have you got a chance to play the demo at all? I, I know. Go ahead. Oh, I was just saying I haven't had a chance to yet. Okay. Sam? Um, I have not, but my cousin, who I'm very close with, he played the demo, absolutely loved it, and procured it for his dad for his birthday. So I know he's really excited about it. Again, he only really played the demo, which wasn't very long, but yeah. he was definitely very eager for it. Jeremiah, did you get a chance to try it, Jeremiah? Yeah, I mean, I I also just played the demo. Um, I mean, I, I mean, it's interesting to me so far. I'd like to at some point at least rent it to try it more because I mean it was it was pretty good I mean I thought it was good anyway well uh, thank you for that guys um, the next one I want to get to on the list is sorcery uh, for the P- PlayStation 3 and the PlayStation move um, basically I, I'm giving it a 7 out of 10 um, in a nutshell as far as I'm concerned you are a sorcerer's apprentice that's cast into the role of the hero trying to fight against the evil witch and all the bad guys that are coming um, stays by the book um, graphics are okay as far as it's concerned um, for the most part it is a ten, about a 9-10 hour game but there's no reason to go play it again once you once you finished it and that's my biggest issue with the game is that, that there's no replay value at all no co-op, no multiplayer no uh, extra stuff for trophies. It's just nine, ten hours, and you're done. Um, it does utilize the move controls, probably as good as any game uh, move game out there. But it's something that, that I see was still a couple elements that could have been added, and it could have been a really memorable game and something that the move could have really stand behind. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, like I said, some things were left out, so that's why I give it a seven out of ten. Uh, and finally, Jamie, you have your thoughts on Ghost Recon Future Soldier. That's here, my friend. Aren't I the popular one tonight? <laughs> um, Ghost Recon Future Soldier, I gave it an 8.5 out of 10. Um, 
it takes everything that was laid out in the previous games and improves on it. Um, again, as you were saying with Sorcery, it's about a 10-hour campaign. It is worth the second playthrough, though, due to it has a guerrilla mode, which is inevitably a horde mode. Now, it's also the campaign is four-player co-op. Is that not correct? That is correct. See, now that to me is a big thing as far as including some friends and, and playing. So it's, you see it's an 8.5 out of 10. How's the other multiplayer features on it? Um, the multiplayer features, they're, they're solid. I mean, nothing really changed. There's nothing new, but it's still, you know, it's solid. It's enjoyable. That's great. That's great. Corey, I do have to say that the AI is smarter compared to last few games that I've played. Sweet, sweet. Now, Corey, have you been able to put down Diablo enough for Ghost Recon, or have you heard any good vibes from it as far as it's concerned where, you, where you've been working at? I've, I've heard very good th- very good stuff about it, but personally, I have not been able to stop playing Diablo, uh, let alone so let alone sleep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I've I've been wanting to, but my my Xbox is actually starting to collect a little bit of dust because of how much I've been playing Diablo. It's not liking you right now. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> and Jeremiah, same thing. Pretty much, yeah. Diablo crack. I hear you on that one. Sam, have you been able to try it at all? I have not, no. Okay. Is it something that you might be getting into that as far as it's concerned? Because Ghost Recon has its own niche of players, so I wasn't sure if everyone here falls in that category as far as it's concerned. It's, it's, it's more stealth-based, right? Yes, that's correct. Yeah, that's not really my style. I'm not, I don't really care for games too much where it's like, you have to sneak around and you have to be quiet and you have to, you know, eliminate people. I'm much more into the whole let's charge a room and take down anybody who gets in my way. Well, Jamie, how are those levels where you actually do have to do that? Are, are they are they okay to do as far as the sneaking around is concerned? They're not bad. They can tend to be a little monotonous or tedious. I mean, you're using like a drone that you basically fly over. And they can spot that. And if you don't get spotted with that, you can tag. The big thing is now you can tag enemies. And say you tag three or four of them, and you can all take them out at the same time. So you kind of get the silent kill that way. Um, it does tend to get a tad bit monotonous with it, though, where you just kind of want to run out there. You want to do the whole Call of Duty thing, and then you die within, like, seconds. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's, you know, that's me if I was your teammate. Oh, I want to kind of throw in something there. Not a grenade, my dude. <laughs> no, um, but like, uh, I mean, you guys say that you go, you want to run in there. However, I'm one of those people that like to play Call of Duty with the stealth tactics, and this is where the game really gets interesting. Is when you play Ghost Recon and actually work as a team. And if you if you haven't played the multiplayer yet, where you have to do those missions with a teammate, it makes it that much more interesting that you have to communicate, uh, letting them know. Uh, where to go and how to fire, when to fire. It seems much more team-based, and that's what I love. Uh, Call of Duty is one of those solo, grab-a-grenade launcher, shoot anything, and you will kill someone. And it sucks because it's usually me. But um, Ghost Recon, it's a uh, much more tactical game, and that's what makes it cool, is that it's real life. In real life, you're not running around shooting noob tubes everywhere, or grenade launchers, I should say. I'm you're going around. <laughs> you're going around using recon. Uh, with, well, future soldier, as it shows, it's happening quite a bit in the future. 
you are, uh, we have vehicles that can spot enemies. They use EMP blasts to disable their weapons. Then you breach the place. Uh, you have your teammates take out a certain place while you take out a hostage or you, you secure a hostage. All that kind of stuff, it makes it real. And that's what I love about Ghost Recon. And then, of course, with any Tom Clancy game, it's very dramatic, but it has comedy and it has the action. Uh, and it, it doesn't follow a, a storyline from one to the next, but it all follows the same kind of thing. You are ghosts, and that's what you're trying to do is be stealthy. I mean, there are times when you go guns a-blazing, but the whole thing is you are a military ghost. So you would highly recommend it. Is that correct? To the people like me, yes. Uh, I've got a lot of friends that are in the military and that are in those types of situations uh, or people that are just enthusiastic about the U.S. military, and they love that kind of stuff. They don't like the, the whole unrealism from Call of Duty. But they think Battlefield is better because it's a little more tactical, but it's much more graphic. Um, and then the people like me that love the that inspiringness of just actually being real, not fake, is what makes the game so much better to me and then those people. Well, okay, that settles it for today on the reviews. Uh, got some good thoughts and feedback out there. Um, I hope everyone out there listening to it that uh, is interested in these games uh, got some good feedback on it as well. Um, when you know, right after break, guess what's coming up? It's our now infamous Chris. The Roundtable of Doom. Oh, I missed the Roundtable of Doom. <laughs> I still think every now and then when he does that, I look to my stomach. I'm like, did I eat lunch? <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then Sam we'll be... is joining this one again. Oh, oh this should my be goodness. fun. Well, you know, I remember the Soul Tour podcast when she uh, put you in your place there, young man. So. <laughs> oh, it's on. I'm still <laughs> crying about it. He's traumatized forever, Sam. Yeah. Yeah, that was the intent. I'm glad it, it reached its effectiveness. Oh. You know, my, my therapist finally got it out of my mind, and thank you, Gerald and Sam. <laughs> yep. And now I'm back. <laughs> okay. Stronger than ever. Uh, that's true. And uh, we'll be back uh, right uh, with you for the world famous Roundtable of Doom. Doom. After the break. I'm going to go hide. It's about to get real. Come on, what? The Round Table of Doom. All right, we're back for the break, and it's now time again for Chris. The Round Table of Doom. Oh, I got to do Nick. Hold on. Because <laughs> he always cracks up to that. Yes. But anyways. Uh, <laughs> okay. It is now time for E3 2012 discussion. Uh, our next three podcasts, our roundtable doom is going to be exclusively devoted to those discussions regarding E3 2012 because it is right around the corner and it is going to be the event of the year for the video gaming world. Now, the first company we're going to look at of the big three is Microsoft. Now, I ask you guys this. I'm going to put this out there, and you guys can go in depth as much as you want. What does Microsoft have to do to win E3? Uh, Whatever you want to lay out, um, just want to hear your thoughts. What Microsoft games do you think are, are you most looking forward to? Um, and do you think anything is going to be secretly announced, like Halo 4 last year was? 
Um, I think I will start with Jeremiah. Um, well, I mean, I guess kind of as we were saying before with Halo, like uh, I think they're really in a good position to throw out some, uh, you know, secret unveils, you know, of some uh, some games for you know 360, you know, exclusive games that is, and uh, you know, get people excited again. Do you think there's going to be any uh, games that that you think are going to be announced out there? Uh, honestly, I'm not sure. I mean, like, I think it's a little too early for Gears again, but maybe some kind of weird spinoff, kind of like with uh, Halo Recon. Uh, hopefully not too much Connect games, because that's what really killed E3 for me last year, as far as 360 goes. Well, I think the mindset last year was they wanted to to get it out to a broader audience. That's why they were, you know, uh, putting on national television and things of that nature. Uh, do you think that would have been the case, and, and maybe they were straying away from the hardcore gamer? Yeah, well, I think that's what everyone's complaint was, is that they felt, you know, they were just gunning for those casuals, and, you know, there was nothing really for them in there. I see. I see. No, those are good points. Good points indeed. Okay, Corey, you being the hardcore 360 player you are that has his PS3 tough somewhere, well, probably in the closet by now. But <laughs> well, I have that situation you... too. I have both, but my PlayStation just kind of hangs out. <laughs> uh, that was that was last week's discussion, and I'm going to try and remain mum because uh, we had this discussion last week on PS3 versus 360. Um, my PS3 is out front and center, proud of it. And my 362 is is right out there as well. But, need I digress, Corey, uh, what do you think Microsoft has to do to take the show? Um, well, I know for a fact that they're going to be announcing that every EA Sports game is going to have some type of connect feature in it like i already know no, that no i was i was talking about what they didn't need to do to win the show right right <laughs> i'm just i'm just saying because you guys mentioned yeah but anyways, i know that they're they're going to be announcing that like i know madden football is going to have connect features fifa is going to have it i've already seen like box art for it and everything um, do you think it's, do you think that's because a that microsoft's sending them a, a nice wad of cash like they did for uh you know, Mass Effect, because of the microphone features and pickup capabilities on that, do you think that might be the reason why they're doing it, similar to what Skyrim did as well? I would I would say that it, probably a little bit of both. Mainly, like, EA is just trying to get more people involved in the game and trying to take a step up from other sports games like the 2K Sports and everything, trying to get them more involved into it. Um, but I would say, like, to absolutely win... And if Microsoft is listening, please, please just show me some gameplay footage of Halo 4. That's all I want to see. That'll be it. Fair enough. Um, Sam, what are your thoughts? Where, what type of games do you think is going to come out? Oh, actually, let me also ask you this. Should the 720 that Chris, again, says is non-existent, should that have been debuted this year? Um, as far as Halo is concerned, um, that's my kind of thing. I think they need to get everybody on the Halo train because Reach came out in 2010, late 2010, fallish, and I think it's been some time. Especially, well, because Halo Four takes place after Halo Three, 
which came out, what, 07? And so it's a sequel to that. So I think, you know, they had ODST, they had Reach, but I think people need to kind of, I mean, no one's ever going to forget Master Chief, but I think they need to kind of remind people, hey, remember Halo 3, which was like one of the best selling games ever? Uh, Yeah, here's the sequel to it five years later. So I think they kind of need to kind of psych everybody back up for Halo, maybe showing gameplay footage or something very drastically Halo related because it's been a really, that's a really long time for a sequel in the, in the Xbox world. I mean, yeah, Diablo 3 came out 12 years later, but when it comes to the people who play games like Halo or like Call of Duty, it's like they kind of need things pretty frequently to, you know, keep their attention on it. So I think a big part of Microsoft's show needs to be Halo because every, everybody loves Halo. Halo sells. So once they get everybody jazzed for Halo again, I think I think that's what they need to do. Like Connect has been out for a while. They yeah, they're probably going to have some cool stuff with that. But and then as far as the 720 thing goes, if it's not ready, it's not ready. If it doesn't exist, it doesn't exist. Um I think I don't think I'm, we're going to see anything about a new console, personally. I mean, does it exist? Probably eventually. They're going to need to come out with something new eventually. They can't just have the 360 forever. But, I mean, I, I don't think... I mean, unless it's a total huge surprise, which would be kind of cool. But I don't see there being a new console, like, announcement. Yeah. Okay. Um well, uh, then, Jamie, since you're going to be right there in the middle of everything at E3, do you think there might be an issue with anything Microsoft's doing, or do you think that they have the best chance to take the show? Because I think Sam brought up some excellent points, and as well as Jeremiah and Corey, for that matter, as well. They, we've, they, you know, everybody's put everything out of the table that has uh, come across you know, really well, and uh, I really like that feedback. Jamie, do you have any thoughts on that? I agree. I think everybody's thrown on the table everything that probably Microsoft should be considering the most. I mean, they more than likely are going to come with a lot of Connect, and probably that's not the best idea as far as it sounds. Um, should they have done the Xbox 720? If it exists, it might be too early to debut it, but they might have wanted to throw some something at us, you know, something that we can see that might be tangible, something we can hold on to that makes everybody go, you know, wow, it's it's coming. Wow, it's coming. Okay, I'm sorry. Didn't mean to repeat you on that. <laughs> screwed up, Gerald. You, you did too. That was that was wrong. <laughs> sorry. I couldn't help it. It, was, it. The door was open. I had to walk right in. Chris, now... You have long been known as a Sony and Nintendo fanboy. Oh, of course, yes. Okay, you're an Xbox fanboy. <laughs> I was like, um, really confused for a second. Oh, uh, uh, no, yeah, no. I know. And, and Sam, I know you've been listening to our previous podcast as high as as have I, and you've heard us. You know, Chris and I go at it in screaming matches. Uh, you know, right there in front of E3, almost getting arrested. <laughs> Sony did have the better lineup in the holiday season last year. Yeah, 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 whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this, okay. is, this is getting dangerous. I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll stop for now. I apologize. Okay. So what are your thoughts on what Microsoft does uh, needs to do to win the show? 
this year at E3. They just need to be better than their competition. And the way they're going to get well, better... Well, yeah, that's the definition of winning. Yeah, exactly. But Microsoft so is already Steve. winning, so there's not much more they have to do. Uh, I was going to say, so is Charlie Sheen, you know. Winning. <laughs> that's what Microsoft's uh, going to do. Yes, exactly. Start doing cocaine? <laughs> <laughs> they yes, probably hanging out with Charlie Sheen. I, maybe. It might work. Um, but honestly, I don't know what else they have to do to win this. Uh, do you think they need to announce some major titles that are not Connect reliant? Honestly, if they could get some good Connect titles out there, that would be better. Other than their their three games, which are dancing and sports and more dancing, uh, they need more variety of games for Connect. If they can push out that, then they can sell the Connect like crazy. Maybe like but sports dancing. This, it, that might work, or that's weed cheer for Nick. Um, <laughs> if, if anything, I probably would say uh, they need to enhance the connect, whether it's make it better or change it up or something, so that way it can read uh, a person's body better for the games that people are looking forward to. And I, I have to say that's shooters, action and shooters. Uh, if they can work on that or show a demo to that, how they're going to change up Connect, that's what they need to do. Well, um, I get, okay, my question in that regard is, you know, as a quote-unquote hardcore plays action, would you, in that you know stereotype, do you want Connect features? Do you want? Would you play Call of Duty if it was completely Connect sensitive? Like if it was I, perfect in Connect sensitivity, yes. See, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I don't want that I don't, I don't i'm not a motion controls person at all i want to sit on my sorry keeping it clean but yeah and um <laughs> and just play like i don't that kind of thing doesn't appeal to me in my shooter i don't want to stand up and pretend like i'm shooting well like, it's I, not so much pretending i mean it's almost like virtual reality that's what i want to get into is where we're in the game and we're seeing everyone else that is in the game and the first step into that is getting connect to run like a virtual reader to, to beam you into the game. So if they can get every movement dead on where you're controlling your person, um, if, if anyone has seen the movie Gamer, that's kind of what I mean. And the whole thing with the movie is there's one person sitting uh, with a camera looking at him, and the way he moves, is he's controlling another person, which is exactly how the game should be or how Connect should be. And if it turns out to be like that, then yes, I'm going to be playing that a lot more than a controller. However, they're still a little far away from getting it that perfect. That perfection that you're going to need for like a first-person shooter, you're going to need an extreme amount of precision that I don't know if it'll ever get. I, I can see it getting there. If we can put it in a movie and they can I – mean, you, you think about it. They, they can put stuff in movies and eventually someone's going to try to make it real. And yeah, I don't know. Something to... like that just would not appeal to me at all. Like yeah. maybe that's just me, and that's totally all right. That you know you feel differently, but what, I was just, it going to that... include Gerard Butler? That's what I want to know. Yes, <laughs> if, if Gerard Butler was available, that I would change my opinion on that. That's that's something else. If Gerard available, they should Gerard put on Microsoft's there. crew to build this, right? Just Gerard build Butler. Gerard Butler. Yeah, he's just at E3. They're like Microsoft. We're unveiling our new our new thing. It's Gerard Butler, and then. I would be totally on board with that. But with until him. that happens, uh, I'm just 
I'm almost worried that this is the direction it's going to go. I mean, as long as there's the the Kinect version and then there's the regular version for people like me who don't want to do motion controls, I'm perfectly content. But yeah. going in the direction of only motion control one is available because we're not going to waste our time doing two, that's when I'm going to start getting concerned. And that's the point where I'm going to start getting a little, uh, little wary. Yeah. Well, the other problem with uh, motion controls, too, is regardless of how good they make it, you know, it certain motions just are going to make you tired. I mean, even just holding your, you know, arms up just to pretend like you're shooting, you know, is going to get tired. I mean, even though it's not a very strenuous exercise, uh, I mean, it still is going to get tiring after a while. So what I want to ask you guys now is, um, and I'll start with you, Jamie. If there was one game that they would announce that you would love to see Microsoft announce, besides Gerard Butler, the game, um, what would that game be? This is going to sound cliche, but I have to agree with Corey. I am actually dying and hoping to see footage of Halo 4. No, but I'm talking about a new announced game. You mean actual, just any game? Yeah, like something, like a Halo, or not a Halo, uh, a Fable 4, or a Call of Duty Black Ops 3, something weird like that. Does anybody (laughs) want a Fable not for Molyneux, though? That's true. Good point. Sorry, cutting. (laughs) Something crazy, I would have to say, I would actually... This probably sound funny to like everybody, but I want to see a reboot of Manhunt. True. Uh, Jeremiah, if you had to choose one game just out of the blue that you think Microsoft could announce on that, mind you, obviously couldn't, you know, something related that's only on the PlayStation or Nintendo roster, but something that you think that they could bring out, what would that game be? Well, I don't know about a specific game, but I mean, I, I do miss the old school Rare you know, as a company, and they kind of drug that company into the ground. I wish there was something, you know, meaningful from them. Yeah, that's that, making that's avatars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you can obviously they can't do Donkey Kong. I mean, that one's with Nintendo. Um, I mean, they they have, you know, like Banjo or you know any other of their IPs that they can maybe you know, try to reboot or something, or, you know, something totally new that uh, would probably go well with, you know, the casual audience. Corey? Yes? Okay, give it a try now. I would say that Unreal, because Unreal is my favorite gaming company. I've loved them. In a minute, you guys will see why. But, uh, but yeah. Fair enough. Chris, what would you choose? I want them to finish Dante's Inferno. I had a feeling you might just, say that one. Just, just out of the blue, yeah. Uh, it's been a while since they since the first one, and uh, they need to finish it. They left it with a to be continued, and they're not continuing it. Uh, what game does that? Uh, this is true. So I and mean, it did so. It did so pretty good. It did so yeah. pretty good for electronic arms. I, I mean, it's not a not a bad game. I mean, some people said, yeah, it was a ripoff of God of War. The Greek mythology was great, but I, I'm more into the heaven and hell thing. Dante's Italian. Dante Harry's Italian. Oh, no, I'm saying with God of War. People, oh, okay. People were saying it's a ripoff. They were like, Greek mythology is where it's at. And then Dante's Inferno went with uh, heaven and hell. And that's what I liked is that conflict, the, the seven levels of 
of hell and the sins that you have to go through and then reaching purgatory, like all of that was amazing. So that's what I think I, uh, I'd like to see. So a divine comedy trilogy. Yes, exactly. I want to see all of that put into a video game that you play as Dante and whoop some serious, butt. just like in the poem. Exactly. There you go. Now, Sam, what game would you choose? Um, I, and as far as Xbox exclusivity goes, um, I am a big Fable fan and was, you know, left wanting after Fable 3. It was, um, you know, not what everybody expected it to be. And I know they're working on that Fable Connect title. And, um, but I think, you know, Fable 4, I know Molyneux is no longer with Lionhead, if I'm correct. Yes, but he will be actually at the show in a form of an analyst, uh, I believe, working for Spike TV. Like, I don't know if Molyneux would make the new Fable or if Lionhead would make a new Fable. I don't know who would would take it. So, but a Fable 4... You know, I'm, I'd definitely be on board for that, and that would be something that would be uh, Microsoft exclusive. Uh, I think that's a good choice, good choice as well. Now, for me, it actually uh, stemmed from uh, my love for certain game, but also came from the news that uh, the makers of Payday, the Heist, and Valve are getting together to do a hybrid, um, probably DLC, it looks most likely, not, not a full game, but a DLC combo of, you know, Left for Dead theme in the payday heist the heist universe uh so i'm looking forward to that and that gets me going as far as my choice if i were to get any game to be announced it would be love for dead 3 i think that that's just a, a rocking good time as i've you know nick and i have both said on previous podcasts i think that would be my choice um what i think microsoft needs to do to to win the show well, it's going to be hard with Nintendo and Sony and what they're going to try to put out, but I think what they need to do to win the show is put out and then introduce some exclusive games that are not Kinect reliant. Maybe another feature uh, to the Xbox Live that they don't have already uh, that's just going to pull everybody over. So, what don't things- they have on Xbox Live? Uh, off the top of my head, I'm not sure. You know, I, you know, Google. You know, but then they have Bing. So, it, yeah. Uh, I mean, they have all their Microsoft-made stuff, as well as, obviously, like Netflix and that stuff. They have everything they need. The only thing they don't have is an open web browser. Well, that's coming soon, because Rumors of Internet Explorers uh, is actually coming uh, uh, to Xbox Live. I think that's pretty much come to, coming to fruition there. So that's Well, can't they know. just use a Bing search engine for, like, the open internet? That definitely could be a possibility. I think something will be shown that integrates everything uh, and answers all of our questions at D3. And uh, hopefully with a couple of great exclusives, maybe something in the Gears of War universe perhaps, not uh, Gears of War 4 per se, but in that universe, uh, maybe that can be announced. So hopefully that will you know, be enough to take the show and a price cut. I think the, if the Connect bundle price cut uh, for Connect and the Xbox 360 – gets to maybe a one ninety nine price point. I think that might be enough to take the show. Okay, everyone. Uh, that's been a, our version of Chris. The round table of doom. <laughs> oh, that, that's awesome. Every time I hear it. Um, that's our, again, that's our version of the round table doom for this week. Um, on our next podcast, oh. 
we're going to be doing a roundtable of doom on Sony. And then after that, we're going to be doing it on Nintendo. We'll be right back after the break with some final thoughts and also Corey's gaming memories after the break. And now it is that time again for gaming memories. <sighs> gaming memories. Do, 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 do. <laughs> good times, good times. And this week, we are going to be having Corey as the main host of Gaming Memories, and he will illuminate us with his gaming memory. Go ahead, Corey. All right. I took all day to try to figure out what I would do when Gerald asked me about this. And, like, I had a few of them that I had to choose between, but I, I chose the one that affected my life the most. And that would have to be Unreal Tournament, particularly Game of the Year edition for the PC. And the whole reason is because of this. Like, I, I spent years playing this game. Like, after, like, Diablo, I went into this game on the PC, and I spent a lot of time playing this game. Like, if I came home, I would do my homework, play Unreal Tournament every night. That was the same thing. And what I would do is, like, I, I come to find out that they had a, a editor in there, and so, like, I can actually edit the maps. I can create my own maps if I wanted to, and that's what really got me into uh, doing game design, and that's what I, like, plan to get into uh, eventually, hopefully pretty soon. I, I'll be able to start making my own games, and it's all because of the fact that I was playing a game that gave me an editor, and really sparked the interest in my life. And that's my gaming memory. Oh, that's awesome. That's mm-hmm. awesome. And it's, it's carried over into to everything you do as far as it's concerned. That's, that's awesome. That, that awesome. is true. Every very touchy. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. And I'm, sh- I'm sure you'll elaborate more on that on, on your guys' podcast. Is that correct? Yeah. The, we, I was like, yeah, we can, we can do that for sure. Well, at the as of yet unnamed podcast, because I know on the site I've said Xcast, I know I said Game Source Uncut, but really there is no name on the podcast. Now, Corey or Chris, whichever you guys, um, let our audience know out there how they can get involved with actually giving it a name. I know Katie, uh, one of our super fans out there, she sent in a name, but how can somebody else send in a name out there that could be considered? for your guys' regular podcast. Chris, do you want to take it? Or you want me to take it? Uh, I can take this one. So, sure? yeah, I'm positive. I can it's do a big it. job. It's, 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 a, it's a big job. It is, and I can handle this kind of a big job. All so right. The way we want you We're guys to favorite. vote 
the way we want you guys to vote is one by <laughs> listening to the first podcast. <laughs> but uh, after you've listened to it, uh, you'll find out more of what we do. And then you can go to uh, your emails and send us an email at your game source C N C the letters C N and C uh, that stands for Chris and Corey at gmail.com. And when you send that to us, uh, let us know what you want our title to be. We're going to take in all the review or all the, uh, all the comments we get and all the suggestions. And then we're going to choose the best ones. And that's going to be the name of our podcast. So please go listen to it. Trust me. You will not be disappointed just listening to what, Corey and what I have to say and then just to make it even better you get to even name our podcast or have a chance to be acknowledged up on our podcast because we're going to read out everyone's choices but we will pick a winner and praise them for it and then have a chicken dinner and then have yes winner winner chicken dinner <laughs> but uh, I did want to say that um, your podcast is uh, a little different from our regular podcast is that oh. not correct this, oh, this is much true. different. This is true. I mean, you guys might like this podcast, but uh, no offense, Gerald, they love ours. True, and and also one of the big differences is that we actually have a puppy in ours. A puppy? I'm <laughs> yes. so much more interested than I was before. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> I did want to say that uh, it is uh, for engagements of eighteen over. It does have mature content and mature language on there, so just yes. want to make sure that that gets up. Yeah, just like rated M game, seventeen plus, <laughs> or or Peggy eighteen. Yeah, <laughs> for for you European peoples, <laughs> peoples. Hey, we have uh, people following us now from all over the world. So I just want to give a shout out to to everybody that has liked us recently. Uh, we appreciate your support and uh, tell your friends about us here at the site at yourgamesource.com. Now, Sam, can you elaborate a little bit more on what you've got lined up? Um, because the the column as I mentioned earlier, in case you missed it, is coming back and coming back strong. Yeah, what I'm hoping for is. Um there are people such as myself who, um, I guess, for financial reasons, can't get you know the latest and greatest everything that comes out uh, every now and then. You know, you go on Amazon, you go to, you know, or even like a GameStop or something like that, and you could pick up something that came out you know a couple years ago for cheap, and it's not a bad game. It just came out a while ago. So um, the the column that I'm uh, looking to bring back is called "In Case You Missed It." So it's almost like. You know, those games that were good at their time maybe didn't get a huge amount of attention just for different reasons. Maybe it, just the time it came out or, you know, it was just kind of low key, but it doesn't make it any less of not a good game. So uh, so the Casey Mystic column is geared towards, you know, older games or just kind of lower, you know, kind of underground games that you may have never heard of. Or you may, you know, maybe you heard of it years ago and you thought about picking it up, but you never did. Or you know, you're just on a budget and uh, you're looking at the value section in your, you know, local Best Buy, and it's like, uh, I don't know about this. So, you know, if you're looking, you know, it's just kind of helping people find, you know, a cheap game that doesn't suck. So that's kind of what we're uh, we're hoping to do there. Uh, thank you, Sam, for that. Now, Jamie, you have got some things that you maybe got uh, cooking up. Uh, what what you got cooking up for the site pretty soon? 
Well, um, I think I might be following in Chris's Corey's footsteps and coming up with a podcast here. So if anybody has any ideas, I'll be open to ideas. Put something real soon. Find us on Facebook. Just search Game Source. That's true. Good point. Good point there. Um, as far as have you got any good articles that you're going to send to us as far as it's concerned? Because I know you've got the written review coming up for Ghost Recon Future Soldier, correct? That is correct. That is coming pretty soon. And um, as far as um, any other writing, I am, again, open to suggestions. If you guys want to hear about it, I will find it, write it, and you guys can hear all about it. Um, well, Jeremiah, I was going to ask the staff in a letter, but I guess I'm going to do it out here on the podcast. I was hoping to get everybody's thoughts on E3 and form maybe just a small column uh, that they can write on their page to get everybody's thoughts on E3 coming up. Just even if it's you know a small paragraph or whatnot, just quickly jot their thoughts down before we head out to E3. Uh, Jeremiah, besides something like that, um, what do you think you might be have cooking on the way for us? Currently, I'm just cracking out on Diablo so much <laughs> that uh, I haven't played too many other games, but... Yeah, and you actually, you were the last to put an article out with your review of Diablo 3, which you were so kind to to put out and give to us, um, a game that we scored a perfect 10 here at GameSource, at yourgamesource.com. Uh, and Kampingo <laughs> writes in, uh, asks this question, Hey, everybody at GameSource, uh, thanks for doing the great job that you guys are doing, but I have one quick question. What is your most favorite game. Jeremiah, actually, since I have you on the queue, let me uh, start with you, Jeremiah. Your favorite game of all time? Easily Chrono Trigger. That's one I've gone back to. Very, very excellent choice. Sam, what do you choose? What would you choose? Your ultimate favorite game? Favorite game of all time? Mm-hmm. Uh, Psychonauts. Excellent choice. Uh, Always under the radar on that one. I'm hoping they'll bring that one to XBLA, if I'm not mistaken. Well, you can get it on Xbox, like, just the Xbox Originals. It's not an arcade game, but it's, like, 20 bucks, and you could download it straight to your console. But I heard they might be doing an HD remake. Is that Oh, correct? that would be fantastic. I'm, I'm hoping they'll finally uh, come through with that. That that would be awesome. Well, Corey? Double Time's working on something else right now. So oh, that's might true. The, the cave. Yeah, the cave. They just announced the cave. That's true. That is correct. Okay. That's Which is on sure. our Facebook page. This is true. Uh, Game Source on Facebook. Like us, and uh, you'll be able to get the latest news. See, that's where I picked it up. Uh, Corey, if you were to be able to pick your most favorite game, what would that be? My most favorite game would be The Legend of Zelda A Link to the Past for the Super Nintendo, hands down. There you go. Why would that be? Because it's a phenomenal game. <laughs> okay. No, no, I just want because you just spoke, you know, reaps of praise on Unreal Tournament. I wanted to make oh, no. sure. It's, it, it has a lot of more elements. Like, Unreal Tournaments, you, you go, you just kill stuff. Just, that's all you do. Like, with, with Zelda, Zelda has, you know, its story. It has just a, an overall good adventure game. Okay. Okay. Uh, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I guess I'll pick up and right now. Uh, if it really needs to be known, 
I mean, you can definitely take a look on my website or on our uh, website on my page, or you can just find out right now. It's uh, Gears of War, but by by far, and one I would say is probably the best of the three. Uh, however, the other two are just as good. But yeah, I, I'm not old school or anything like that. I kind of go with the newer games, and that has to be my favorite game of all time. I think that's an excellent choice, and I've spent many an hour on Gears of War myself. Now, Jamie, I don't want to leave you out in this conversation. Exactly what would be considered your best favorite game? Well, I have to say I'm pretty new school, too, but I'm going to go to the past on this one. I'm going to say my all-time favorite is Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Oh, very nice, very nice. There are all great choices here, Uh, excellent choices. Well, I hope that answered question. Yeah, answered Kimpingo's question. Um, uh, hopefully, we will able to get the opportunity to ask all of our staff members uh, when when uh, the opportunity arises uh, to find out their biggest influence and their favorite game as well. Uh, but I want to thank everyone here tonight uh, for coming on to the podcast and answering those questions. Um, if you want to be a part of the program, be a part of the staff, come back to us like Sam did. Uh, just give us a, uh, a buzz on our Facebook page or yourgamesource at yahoo.com. Check us out again on yourgamesource.com. Um, if you downloaded this off the site and you have, you might uh, want to know that the, you know we have iTunes available so you can get all of our podcasts. And uh, guys, don't we have a lot of great things coming up for E3? Yeah. Lots of good stuff. Okay, fair enough. Fair yeah, enough. we've got podcasts, we've got reviews, we've got uh, live pictures and updates and everything directly from yourgamesource.com, yourgamesource.com's Facebook page, uh, Twitter page, YouTube page, uh, everything page will probably uh, be up to date uh, on the second, on the minute that you that we hear it. You guys will be able to hear it as well. Uh, we're trying to see if we can set up a, a live stream uh, through our E3 2012 page. If not, we're going to have the comment boards uh, and the available right there for you to leave a, a quick note, and we'll get right to it. If there's a game you want covered at the show floor, we'll be definitely do our best to take care of you and accommodate that. Um, also, as well, our YouTube page at yourgamesource.com, the entire one word together. That you have to go to. We're going to put a ton of videos on there at E3. We're going to be there all three days and put an absolute ton of videos on there. Um, also, catch our Twitter page, as Chris had mentioned, at GameSource, uh, or hashtag, hashgamesource, hashtag GameSource, and you can uh, make sure that you keep up to date with at the show floor because we're going to be tweeting like crazy as well. Uh, and, of course, again, our Facebook page, Game Source, uh, to follow the latest and greatest and all the news, updates, and, of course, our big website, yourgamesource.com, the granddaddy of it all, where you can not only get the latest news, you, you can bring up our Facebook page right there on the home site at yourgamesource.com, but you can also read our reviews, the stories, the in-depth coverage, catch our videos. We're putting up not only our favorite videos, but also we're updating with, with constant new videos up there as well uh, from the latest trailers that, that are out there to some of our videos as well. 
Sam Springer, Colin back in case you missed it. Jeremiah's got some good stuff coming on the way. Jamie, Corey, Angry Nick. Uh, Patty's got uh, stuff coming on the way as well. So it's great uh, to be out there. And also as well, don't forget there are a few days left to vote for Patty as the Maximum Gamer Girl. And you can find that out on our news page at yourgamesource.com and how to, how to vote for her. I just want to say there's a lot of good stuff going on. I'm so busy. Uh, working on the site and, and helping out and you guys have done a great job in trying to help me out with it and, and I just appreciate everyone's help out there. We're all doing our part. Um, it's, it's a lot of things going on coming in E3 and I just want, I'm so glad you guys are all a part of it and I'm so glad all you listeners are a part of it as well. So I hope you join us for that and I hope you join us for upcoming podcasts. Uh, so for me, uh, Gerald, better known as Yes Elvis Lives, uh, Chris, Yep, uh, known as Killer X Wolf. And you know what, Gerald? You have not said your catchphrase all day. Oh, well, I thought I just missed it. Okay, I haven't heard us in a while either. No, you you did not hear it because he did not say it. And you did oh, not no. be yours. I've been doing so much. I've been hosting. You know, I just got so tied up in hosting. I forgot <laughs> to say it's another beautiful day in paradise, Chris. I had no idea if it was a day in paradise. I was just, so lost. This is true, Chris. You've got your catchphrase. Uh, no, I did say "What's up, world?" to start off, and now I'm going to close off with a "Good night, world." There you go. There you go, Jamie. Any final thoughts? Degenerate keep, 08. Keep looking at everything we do, and we're going to bring you more of the best and everything we can for that. And have a good night. Yep. And check out Jamie's column. Insert here. Um, Corey, have you got anything for everyone out there? Um, just that I need a catchphrase. <laughs> Since everybody else has one, <laughs> and you can send that into that same email as uh, yes, yes. <laughs> your, your cnc at gmail dot com at gmail dot com. Good night, there guys. Go. <laughs> Jeremiah. Uh, no, I don't have one either. So good night, all. But any final thoughts for everyone out there? Nope, I'm going back to Diablo. <laughs> go. Good man, good man. And the lovely Sam. Oh, thanks again for coming and being a part of us, uh, our team again. And, and the final thoughts from you. Um, again, uh, Gamertech, 7th Valkyrie. Email is 7thValkyrie at gmail.com. Um, I'm really excited to be back. It's, uh, I missed you guys a lot. I know it's been a couple months, but uh, it's good to be back. And I'm really excited to uh, keep working with you guys. Well, we missed you too as well. And, uh, we hope going forward, because I know you've got a lot on your plate, uh, and uh, I appreciate you taking just a little bit of time out to join us uh, both tonight and going forward. Uh, and again, everyone, catch us on yourgamesource.com or Facebook, GameSource, at GameSource on Twitter, yourgamesource.com uh, your on YouTube, and also as well on iTunes. Have a great evening, everybody. Good night. We'll take care. Peggy 18.